0: Welcome, welcome to Frame Rate—the show where we rate frames. My name is Abe Epperson. I'm one of your hosts today, and with me is my other co-host. Introduce yourself, Michael Swain.
1: And welcome, welcome, welcome. That's my thing. Kids of all ages. <laughs> you didn't—you were close to the carnival barker voice, and I just needed to go there. Fucking actors, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're here also with that's
2: special.
0: fair. That's. <laughs> no, you're just better at it than I am. Uh, we're also here with a
3: special guest. Introduce yourself. Welcome, welcome. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is uh, Shondi Pasquale from Bunny Ears. That's the a bit. Cool you stole my bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: no.
1: Yeah, the show where we always clumsily start with welcome, welcome. welcome That's welcome. the signature theme of the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and a little word reversal with the frame rate thing. Yeah. That's that's quite that's, clever. That's, <laughs>
2: that's it's enough. Yeah,
1: It's enough. <laughs> it's barely enough. Well, thank you for coming out, Sean. It does yeah, a lot. You.
3: I can see only half your face.
2: Like oh, okay. Two I'll face. scoot.
1: No, I like it. It's oh. very moody. Right? The other yeah. half is Phantom of the Opera <laughs> burned off. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was
2: trying to be nice, but yes. <laughs> He's
1: referring to the laptop between us, which I usually move completely out of the way, but I want to keep half an Eyeball on the waveforms, you know what I mean? I do, I do, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, gotta watch watch them waveforms. Explain your real big fish hat. I'm a real big fish fan. Great, there's nothing to
3: explain. I love ska. Yeah, Uh, I'll. I'll you.
1: Our ex-bandits,
3: yes, yeah, yes. Our ex-bandits, the Scar Aquabats, well. the streetlight men. Aquabats are delightful. It's such um, a. That's like uh, coming
0: Scar. out of the gate. Like I will fight
2: you. Like, <laughs> as your first, fight you like ska, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's I'll like uh, that I'll means
0: fight. that has a story. It means a lot of people have come up to you and like, oh, I, I get the sense that this yeah, is going to be a fight. Yeah, people talk trash about yeah. ska
3: a lot. I, I think like disco
1: like, lovers and ska lovers walk around with a complex.
0: With like, a like, hey, hey,
3: hey, hey, hey. It's <laughs> good.
2: Fuck you. Fuck you. Let me enjoy my thing.
3: It's. It's got a storied history. Like mm-hmm. it's got mm-hmm. it's, like, its early days are seeped in in in, in racial injustice and mm. in, in inequality. Like it's it's a great genre of music. Yeah, anyway, yeah. this is that's for my ska cast. That's the good,
1: not much listened to podcast. Mm-hmm.
3: That's why I've never done one. Uh, <laughs> did
1: you uh, did you have an issue with the Aquabats going from horns to keys? Yes. Okay. I did. Did you have an issue mm, with Bob no. Dylan going electric guitar? I <laughs> did. Okay, I did.
3: I had an issue with that. You I care also, about genre. I do. I care about <laughs> genre. It bothers me when uh, I remember there was a, a whole uh, Less than Jake album where they mm. dropped the horns entirely and got very pop punk. And uh and to I this, remember that. The, yeah. And it's it's okay. It's yeah. a good pop punk album, but it's not sure. a less than Jake album. <laughs> and I and I and I I'm in it. there's a lot of um uh, Facebook groups like ska Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but a enough. Lot. And everyone's speaking. in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh but there's a there's a whole contingent now of younger people that are like, mm-hmm. that was the first Lesson Jake album I ever heard. It's awesome. They ruined mm-hmm. it when they brought in horns. Mm-hmm. And you're like brought mm-hmm. in horns. Brought in so, horns.
1: You're like mm-hmm. let me take mm-hmm. you into the inner sky. Kids come <laughs> in, circle around. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna bring us into the onto theme. Uh, speaking of... I can bring a... Genre. Yeah. How would you classify the genre of this film? We do, do, Does our audience even
0: know
3: what it is yet? They've
1: clicked the title, but... That's true. It's hot fuzz. Yeah, it's hot fuzz. Second and penultimate of the Cornetto trilogy. By, by the Edgar way, uh,
3: the special's Ghost Town, used on the soundtrack of Shaun oh, of the Dead. There it's you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ghost <sniffs> Town. Yeah. yeah. Good song. It's like a ghost Yep, uh, Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, how would I classify this movie's genre? Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a comedy. Okay. It's an action comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But yeah. you, because d- I, I guess my point is I think the action is legit. The
3: action is yeah. legit, <laughs> yeah, which is one of the
1: things I appreciate about it.
3: Now we've seen a lot of movies that took a cue from this movie. Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, it doesn't have to have like shitty, lame action scenes to be a comedy, and it doesn't have to have bad comedy to be like a good action movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and have married like we've seen a lot of comedies with sick action now,
1: right? Yeah, and that's what's yeah. interesting is as they even obviously call out in the movie, they didn't invent the action with like a gloss of comedy. Bad Boys predates, yeah, uh, you know yes. all the movies they reference. But uh, what's the other big one? Point Break. But uh, yeah. it feels like comedy of a different kind that had not been mixed with action before. In the same way that Shaun of the Dead. Broke through because you hadn't seen that kind of humor, that level of complex humor, it's and wit. It's the the level of
0: farcical, like it's farce and it's also jokes per minute. I think if you add those things up to something like Bad Boys, which has comedic moments,
1: yep, um, it's more like charisma. Yeah,
0: and this is not an old. Are, this is not a new trope. I think that Edgar Wright is just a very effective at doing it, and it's just what he's good at. Because, like for example, like Bugsy Malone existed in the late 70s, I want to yeah. say. Is and that, that th-
1: super funny?
0: That's not super funny, but it was like a gangster movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's Alan Parker, Kay. which is weird. Uh, but uh, it's like a gangster movie that everyone is played by kids. Like, oh, they're all kids. I've heard of the
1: premise. Okay, yeah, no, that's the and when they right. shoot movie? each other,
0: Bugsy Malone, they throw pies. Oh, like Bugs- they, when they, they, they shoot each other, the reverse shots is like pies hitting the face of kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Which
1: is, it's like Romeo plus Juliet, but eighty years earlier. Right, yeah.
0: but it's it's like full of like that makes it seem like okay, gimmick film. Yeah, it is, but it also has like funny dialogue where like he's looking at you, kid, kind of stuff, kid. You know,
1: get it, I get, get it. it, get it. I get, I get it. it. But I, get I mean, it. That's like, pretty
0: they, good. they they play <laughs> with that in the same way that I think Edgar Wright does. He does the rolodex of like what's what's the next. Jo- I'm sure we'll talk about, but mm-hmm. like stuff like how everyone's named something different in the town and they're all all their names are like tiller or like what a, what a reaper messenger staker yeah, yes yeah. and they and they're, you, yeah. you can always
1: find a loose association with what they do in the community yeah. too yeah yeah did mm-hmm. you need
0: that no why is it in there because that's like the stylistic approach
1: i didn't it's yes it's also well, definitely one of those movies where you notice new things upon many many viewings yes. see, that was the first time i noticed the name thing was Same. this which is probably like my sixth time seeing the movie i do
3: I feel though that, like, that it's, I mean, it's part of his stylistic approach, but it's also just like he want. like, he writes comedies. So everything in it is mm-hmm. funny. He makes mm-hmm. a, a point to make everything. It's like, um, this movie feels like a precursor for what they, uh, Rogan and Goldberg did with Pineapple Express. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's like a really, really funny movie. Yeah. And then the, just like with like real action and people getting like blown up and arms yeah. getting chopped off. But uh, they, Uh, In Pineapple Express, I think we're making more of an action comedy. They were more riffing on, like, action comedy movies. And it's, like, a good action movie with, like, quips and bits. Mm -hmm. And, like, uh, and this was just, like, a layered... Like, everything is a joke in this movie. Mm -hmm. I picked up so much more... It's probably been like five, six years since I watched this, if not more. Yeah. I picked up so much more on this watch through in my late 30s mm-hmm. than I did in the watch through in my 20s. Where I was like, oh shit, everything is a gag Yeah, in this whole movie from like his... The interaction with his girlfriend when he's le- like everything, mm-hmm. it's yeah, fantastic. It's Have fantastic. Have you seen Space Sean? Yeah, I love okay. Space. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Of- I'm, I'm a big Edgar Wright fan. I, that's why I picked this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I good, love. Good well,
1: call. good taste.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I I will talk about later my feelings on Edgar Wright post oh, this movie i wanted to bring that up you want to talk about that at the top here's the other thing is there's
1: such a big overlap with people who listen to this podcast who definitely will have seen this movie already yeah i don't feel really the need that we usually do to like to explain the plot and premise yeah. and convince you to watch it and say the jokes are good no it's <laughs> not I mean? about what we want to talk about yeah oh. so we might be a little more meandry so since you brought it up i was going to bring it up at some point Abe and I there was a time in our lives and we're like same brain on a lot of things and have always worked together. We're like Edgar Wright is the king <laughs> shit like the new movement as yes. the Coen brothers fade in relevance yes. Edgar Wright will carry the oh, torch or whatever.
3: Like like yes like and this movie and Shaun of the Dead were like <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> It was like the amping up period yeah. that I remember this, after seeing this movie for the first, you know, ten times, being like, "Oh, mm. the next one!" like, <laughs> ch- like melt skin melting to get to the next movie, yeah, Christmas yeah. Day. Oh man! And then feeling like, and how do you feel s- nowadays? So underwhelmed. Well, we also
1: haven't checked in on this, Abe. <laughs> I, mm.
3: I, mean, the movie that followed this was End of the World, right? Uh, yeah, the world. So I despised it. I interesting. that movie. I feel like that because, because it felt like such a swerve. Uh, it, it was lazy, which mm. he never was before. It was. It felt um, uh, like it was regurgitating old jokes, it, like old bits. It felt like it was nudging the audience and winking at them like, hey, <laughs> remember in Shaun of the Dead, we made me this, and then in Hot Fuzz, remember we kind of did that. And it's like, what made Hot Fuzz great is it Didn't do that really, right? It it used some of the same people, but it it moved on from Shaun of the Dead. I'll
1: just bring up one example because it's one of my favorite meta jokes between the two films. Is that there's an identical shot for the fences bit, yes, and in Shaun of the Dead, it's that they do it badly, and in Hot Fuzz, it's that he does it so well that it's also funny. Yes. What are you supposed to do as a comedian? Not have a third fence joke in World's End? I would have been disappointed right. if he didn't. Sure. What do you, but so there's this aspect of if it's the third thing and you got the formula from the first one right. and that's why you love it, uh-huh. the third beat is always more predictable so than the first or second beats of I any had a joke. theory about this. <laughs> Fair.
0: I, I thought because I was like, they're going to do these jokes like before I watch it. And, and I was disappointed because yeah. I thought what was going to happen is one of them was going to it was going to be probably at the later. I hadn't seen the film yet, but one of them is jumping through the like the the fences and they get oh. like t- abducted. They get abducted in the yeah. middle and get taken that to that would be good. That I would mean. be a third beat that would work. <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> well, and that was the problem is like that's a great beat that would have been very surprising and they, yeah. didn't, they didn't they didn't do it. But, they, and, and it didn't work out. And yeah. then and then my 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 first viewing, I just felt disappointed in that movie. It didn't feel like I did as well. Was, but
1: despise is strong. It
3: grew. It grew. <laughs> like I, I I despise it now because okay. it represents the beginning of the end for 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 him. I feel like <laughs> I I was so underwhelmed. It like hurt. It made me like mm. sad. But I but I remember at the time being like really defensive about it yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, eh, you know, I had other friends that were like, dude, that sucked. I'm like, no, it didn't. Eh, eh,
1: he I, still did the thing eh, where at the top, they list all the bars yeah. and then they thematically then they do, thematically all, do all the things. Yeah. But again, I agree the third time it's like, I don't know right now I'm having this issue where the older people in my life, people, my parents, literally yeah. my parents and also people their age. I know keep telling me how amazing once upon a time in Hollywood was because they're like, you don't understand. We lived through those right. killings, and to see it—the power of film to heal it by recreating it—I'm like, did you already forget *Inglorious <laughs> Bastards*? It's the same <laughs> it's trick the again, same thing. which is an amazing trick, and I was blown away when First I saw it. But it's different when it's the same again. You just can't recapture yeah, the magic.
0: Yeah, yeah. My opinion on it is that I actually. He's he's one of my favorite working directors period. Still. He's you know yeah. there's a he's in an elite class of a few people that I really like. Um I some view that I get like thrown through <laughs> like I get I get beat up on when every time I bring it up is that um the World's End is not, I think you portrayed it well. It doesn't, you know, despise may be, you know, your own personal take on it because there's a story there. Sure. You were defending yeah. it. I could see why that would be the case. Uh, Hot Fuzz is nearly perfect. It, it Perfect. Like from a screen To the point level, where I'm watching
3: yeah. it to this morning before this. Right. And, and I had like, this thought oh, where
0: I went, so I wish he made a third. And then yeah. I went, oh, wait, he didn't.
3: Uh, oh, Shaun of the Dead mind. isn't,
0: here's the take that I have that people don't often, like, Shaun of the Dead is a l- only a little bit better than The World's End. It's mm-hmm. because it's so new and fresh. If mm-hmm. you rewatch mm-hmm. that and look at the script, atomically, uh, as in what, the, how many jokes they're going for, how how the thematic kind of through lines, like, unfurl themselves throughout the story, how airtight the story is, mm-hmm. how well thought out the characters are, and how many characters there are, and, like, just the efficiency of like how he does the frame and how he does characters and how the story plays out. It's not that complex. It's just got this great hook that we had never seen before. And he does quite a bit of the thing that I was just talking about, that it seems like it's an instant
1: classic, but which is com- it is. is but complexity, what's, like, is that I the think bar? complexity
0: is, when we talk about Edgar Wright and we talk about how, like what's his stylistic approach? That's part of I what I think makes complexity it an is yeah. a very high, yes. like that. That would be a criterion I,
3: very high on the I, list. Shaun of the Dead again because it was the first. It had that complexity of the first time. You were it like, did. oh, this is this has levels. this it was is freshmen. deeper than yeah. a, than than any zombie movie I've seen in a long time, and it and it's and it's, it's spectacular, the, and it and it was a a much better version of horror comedy than like Scream and those movies were oh, yeah. trying to do. Oh, yeah. Like it was like, no, That's no, here's I mean, a horror in, comedy. In the it's same fantastic.
1: way, Hot Fuzz is so different from Bad Boys, the mm. kind of yes. comedy they're going right. to. It also felt to me like an extent, it felt like Space the movie mm. yes, because Space, for people who don't know, definitely watch it. It's this team's sitcom they did in England yes. prior to any of the films and with Simon Pegg as the lead. And Nick uh, Frost. And Nick Frost, And, and, Nick and, Frost, and, and genre, that just dips into Daisy. genre. It's just... Here's the genre. That's all all of a sudden, they're in a Star Wars. It's just now like it's a, a long Wars. episode of space where the yeah. fantasy is a zombie one. Correct. Yeah. Which by... Which, Which definitely predates did, Scrubs, too. but I'm now mm-hmm. realizing that was Scrubs' thing, and I'm like, yeah. Space did that first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Muppet Babies blend. did it first, to
3: yeah, be sure. fair. Yeah, For, where we imagine <laughs> where we're Where we imagine astronauts. what we are, and then the yeah. whole episode, we're astronauts. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, thematically, yeah. we're working out whatever's going on in our non-fantasy yeah. lives. Yeah. You know, I the think,
1: biting meta-humor <laughs> of Muppet Babies that we all thought was so wry.
0: <laughs> I guess I think the key to this film is that, it be and Edgar Wright has publicly said this, like, he said, uh, <laughs> "I know what you're saying. Any number of punchlines." <laughs> <number> punch <laughs> yeah. uh, Edgar Wright has said that it, this is his best film. Yeah. Oh, well, he's is. R- he's right. Yeah, is. I'm not a Scott Pilgrim
3: <laughs> fan. Yeah. Unfortunately, we just
1: covered Scott Pilgrim uh, with Daniel, who's a huge fan, and a lot of people are huge fans. And I would say I I watched Scott Pilgrim. And I am a huge fan of the complexity. He did everything Mm. that I wanted Edgar Wright to do around a story that I just don't care about at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he still yeah. did everything. Yeah. He did all the edge the, Edgar I think the stuff. Thing, I guess
0: the beautiful thing about movies too is that like sometimes zombie movies are just enough. Like that's mm-hmm. what does it for you. That genre mix is way better mm-hmm. than like a police, you know, like a Bad Boys too. I don't care as Therefore, much about
1: cop movies, but I still think Hot Fuzz is better. I, yeah, than Shaun I'm just of the
0: looking Dead, at yeah. it from the point of a screenwriter as an XDP as a director. Yeah. You know, like looking at how the the framing works and how the story. How it how it evolves? It's just a better film. Do you
3: think World's End was just a lack of, um, like it's just not as interesting of a source genre to start with?
0: Very to much more interesting. Aliens can be interesting. I think, but for
1: comedy.
3: No, how many great, hilarious? Because there's also uh, what's the other alien movie? People with like Spaceballs.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. It has moments. Sean, have you read our screenplay? <laughs> yeah, we write. <laughs> uh, We've uh, got, seen, got a lot of uh, uh, series hilarious of Starship
0: Icarus, <laughs> little show called. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. But I I'd say Futurama's that a great the big crafts, one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A great craftsman or woman would approach this as the the subject is more of like kind of the. Kind of the little piece of the wallpaper you start picking at right. that involves the you know like the entire story. So to me, it's less about the premise being like hooky or like ah oh, that works, but um, it's all about the execution. And I do think that yeah, obviously Hot Fuzz and to some extent Shaun of the Dead are just better executed films
1: i one point in shauna dead's favor is sarah finowitz i i love him God, so much so that i have yeah. to mention him <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah sarah um, finowitz is so funny but
1: that's uh sean you really make me want to re-watch world's end i don't think i saw it since i saw it in theaters and i left thinking uh that was disappointing but it's still better than all well, the other, other movies, movies. So yeah, I yeah guess absolutely. it's fine But I wonder if I watch it again, if I'd be really picking it apart and be like, it's not that good. I don't know. I think you'll be like, it's like, eh. Because I'm on the fence about Scott Pilgrim, and then Baby Driver, Mm. I actually was like, oh, hearing you and even seeing the things he tweeted about the premise and the idea of what if a car chase movie was a musical and all the car shit was in time with the music, I'm like... That's gonna be fucking rad, and then, and then he deliver. did it way less than yeah, I thought he would. It didn't it deliver. It didn't do that right. that Lower. much. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I also I had the same reaction where like the whole lead up to that movie, I was like. That he's back, baby. Return to form. Show me some shit. Mm. Let's go. Like drive.
1: Was, very little dialogue. That, yeah. And then
3: it was like, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess that was cool. Yeah. He he sort of <laughs> he sort of did what he said he was there's gonna do. There's cool moments, cool, cool montages, moments. Yeah.
0: but it all doesn't coalesce in the same way that there's like this cascading effect on. And Hot part Buzz. of
3: it, I think, is my I don't. Edgar Wright's still a really competent director yes. and a good writer. That's for sitting Part here Part of it talking is my problem. On like one of the I best directors. <laughs> like, like cause like I don't know what I expect from it. Like, I think I figured it out watching this movie, right? I for me, an Edgar Wright movie, first and foremost, I think it's gotta be really, really funny. Yep. And him not making me laugh like for it just makes me go like all right well it's not you you i know you can do it dude mm-hmm. but i know you can mm-hmm. um and then and then all the substance and the quick cuts and all that stuff for me is secondary because anyone can do that anyone can do five that wait, i wrote it down five thousand five hundred cuts in in hot fuzz wow i, I, I looked at it i look i go yeah i counted them i was like <laughs> no i looked it up and it that's incredible but like anyone can now that he's done it right can do that like sure. so that, that's not a thing that makes yeah. him him like what makes him him is pairing that substance with and stellar that style writing. Yeah. With stellar writing yeah stellar writing Yeah. like hilarious it's not the and, and it's like, not the depth of the characters no
1: it's like the seinfeldian structure where you're like Oh, at the end, the payoffs, it's just set up and payoff to a degree where the payoffs are so satisfying. You go like, oh, yeah. It yeah, came back, baby. Yeah, I didn't one, even expect that one to I do I did not expect him, the yep. guy who asked... Have you ever yep. fired two guns whilst jumping through the air and then fired into the air going, ah, no, I have never fired yeah. two guns, then gone, ah. And then at the end when you realize he does it, he's yeah. doing that in a plot justified way where he actually would do that if he were taking the moment seriously, yeah. you're like, it's like the final episode of Breaking Bad being called Felina and all the shit that goes into it. You're like, how'd you plan this out? So
3: meticulously, so so far in advance. Well, we know now that they didn't plan anything out on Breaking Bad. Yes, but... To their admission, they're like, nah, we fucking, we're good, and we... I think it's more... Impressive when he when Vince Gilligan gets out there and they're like you you didn't you plan you had like an end game and he's like no we Uh made that shit up as we went it's like that's such a humble brag and
1: and yet the title of your finale is an anagram for the word finale that is the title of a famous song about a guy who slowly becomes corrupt you didn't plan that come on man fell into (laughs) it we
3: fell into it Uh, I also had friends that worked uh, in staff for that show. And, and several of them have very subtly, not-so-subtly hinted at, like, yep, they had really good PAs on that show who, like, would oh. go back at the beginning of every season and would just, like, here's all the shit we gotta do. <laughs> like, yeah. here's everything Reference that we this. left. Yeah. Here's references that have been poked yeah. at. Here's, here's the there was cliff like a, notes. There was a lot yeah. of that at the start of each season. And it was wow. like, all right, let's pick and choose. How do we build? Nice. You know, which is... The way, you sh- the, the way you should do it anyway. You know, you can't Maybe. be too married it's to It's a big ending.
1: tent. I can see room for lots of, like, Deadwood is a mix of Melch just sort of making it. Like, there yeah. were times where he's like, I think EB should be talking to a cow instead of to himself. Bring that cow over here. Yep. Go now. Go. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's dive into, after alienating all the real hardcore Edgar Wright fans, right, I puns. think we should dive into the positivity <laughs> of the crown jewel, we think, of his career, Hot Fuzz.
2: First of (laughs) all, any movie that (laughs) opens with Adam Ant
3: gets a thumbs up in my book. Just right there. And then I don't know if you, I'd never picked up on this before, they use Goody Two-Shoes as as a refrain for that character. Yeah, of course. Throughout the rest of the movie, orchestrally, Mm. it pops up. Oh, in the score, there's sound alike. In the score, there's like,
2: do do do-do-do do <laughs> do 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 wow
3: and i'm like that's fucking goody two shoes yeah brilliant mm-hmm. it's that's so brilliant to me like yeah that and is and then awesome. it also was on this watch when i went oh right because he's a goody two shoes that Ugh. also took me until Ugh. today that yeah. i was like all oh, right that makes so much sense that that's his that's sort of his <laughs> exactly. theme is like because he's he's like that's i mean that's his whole character um and yeah the movies my other favorite uh My other favorite uh, bit of trivia about this movie that stuck with me from the first commentary watch Mm -hmm. of this movie I did was that uh, Nick Frost's character was originally a woman named Vanessa. Okay. And they really wanted... uh, well, not entirely, right? There's still like it was a partner character, but they really mm-hmm. had this—they had this woman, Vanessa, and they really wanted a, romant, a romantic relationship, like love story, like because okay. then they were, in you know, top, uh well, lethal weapon, a, all these movies. That's right? another whole
1: set of tropes from that genre. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
3: um, and they just couldn't make it work, but they didn't want to lose the love story, so they just gave all of her lines to Nick Frost's character. Yeah. Word yeah. for word, without changing anything, they just gave him all of her lines, and they and that was in that process went like, "Oh, cool! That this is the romance. Is we just make it these two guys without changing anything," uh, which is why he buys the flowers for him in that oh, scene. Oh wow! He was supposed to just go give the flowers to like a female character. Interesting. But in, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yarp. It's.
3: it's, it's <laughs> yarp. Yarp. <laughs> It's brilliant. Uh, uh, the movie is
1: uh, yeah, so it's good. endlessly unpackable. I want to throw it to Abe because I assume you have some notes about the actual filmmaking aspect to illuminate some of this.
0: Yeah, so this is <clears throat> well. Once again, uh, we're in the arms of Bill Pope, uh, <laughs> and he's the arms of the angel. Is uh, he
1: the standard Edgar Wright DP? Uh, he's
0: yeah, uh, Scott Pilgrim. You know, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's he's.
1: Baby driver, do you know? I It's fine so. if you don't know off the top of your I head. I can't remember, yeah. but um but he's infallible.
0: Yeah, he's, His shots he's are he's, infallible. He's the fucking Matrix. He's <laughs> fucking Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, he's fucking everything. Like he's uh he's insane. Um yeah, he the filmmaking of this and like there is a um this is heavily featured in a um there's a video essay that I'm sure people are very very uh know it pretty well. Mm. It's the every frame of the painting. Yeah. It talks about visual comedy. And I really have nothing much to add, but as a refresher, if you haven't seen it, the amount of attention dis- on display in this film for screen direction uh, is like, it's like a breath of fresh air um, because... It's uh, another one that was really good was um, Snowpiercer is another Mm -hmm. example of screen direction. It's like a lost art form that only few directors really abide by these days where it gives this. It's like it's what makes Die Hard. Like if you look at Die Hard and look at screen direction, everything is in a scene is propelling a certain way. Mm -hmm. And like over the scene, if it's a fight scene, if the other person starts to win screen direction and like the motivation and like all of the flourishes go in a different direction. Um, something amazing about hot fuzz is that he has a great eye for when the screen direction should be in a certain direction. Like he, he obviously does this thing where he's like, everything's left to right when he's going into the um, he's moving from London to, this small to the small rural area and yeah. then right to left when he's like, uh, like Arriving back at home and unhappy, and like as soon as he gets to know Butterman, Nick frost character, mm-hmm. and like they're having like everything seems to be a little bit more balanced. So he starts to play with like direction being coming at you or going away from you. Uh, look at the scene where he fights all of the town, uh, where right. he's you know, the woman on the bike, they all have guns, yeah. everyone and their mums have
1: guns. Uh, Which, of course, was foreshadowed by them Bart, driving yeah. around, being bored out of their minds, and Nick Frost going, look at that guy in the trench coat. Betty has a shotgun in that trench coat. Yeah. He, do- he does everything in everyone's, exactly. everyone's true. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: everyone's, everyone in their mums, farmers in the mums, yeah. you know, they all have guns. And uh, it's uh, he plays with this balancing of frame. Where uh, there's, when by balance, I mean like screen direction, meaning like where something in motion is going and where your eye is drawing left to right or right to left. Like if you're reading an English language or you're reading an Eastern language, like how your eye kind of takes it all in, but also balance in terms of like, is the frame balanced? Is there like, is it all on one side or is it all in the middle or is it like, what's the dominant side of this frame? So these are things that he pays attention to, which I don't need to go into the nitty gritty. But... It's one of those things that, as a casual viewer, you will never notice. He is impeccable, Edgar Wright. Yes, yeah, and he's impeccable more than any other film in this film. So I just want to nod out and say that he that how this is accomplished. It's him and Bill Pope going around and looking at locations and talking about each individual frame. You said something yeah. like five thousand five hundred cuts. Yep every single yep. one was talked storyboarded about. like yep. a comic book. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. these are not short conversations. Sometimes they yeah. are sometimes it's like, all right, so we just continue going like, so I just need the pan left there and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. But you're
3: talking even in a pan, this right? It's a conversation about where we start and where we end. These are long yep. conversations. And that's these.
1: what makes like a Rogan Goldberg feel yeah. so different yes. is like you said, it's still hilarious. The mo- funny yeah. moments are very funny um, but you would never like say that it's Edgar Wrighty because mm. they do coverage. That's the other aspect Edgar Wright brings to it. Is the writing is so meticulous, but the shot list was probably so fucking tedious. Yeah, to compile. I think I saw. a sh- He is meticulous. He used to send. Sh-
0: he uh, Edgar Wright used to have a blog where he he post his shot li- or his shot lists with like the after the fact, like years after the fact, here's the call sheet. Yeah. And he, uh-huh. and so, and sometimes like, I think in Shaun of the Dead or something like that, it was like nine shots, Yeah. you know, For granted day. it was like a heavy extra day, but still right. nine shots is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's another thing that Bill Pope and he, I think it was Bill Pope's idea, but I can't be, I mean, I'm not absolutely sure about this, mm. but I am sure that, that this is what they did, which is, um, the speed of the shots. Like, Things moving from left to right, whip panning and yep. all this stuff where it whips over and then racks focus and quickly gets something in focus that was like close to camera. He uses all this to be like, boom, like a barrage of speed mm-hmm. for a lot of his montages. That's very, very Edgar Wrightian. Uh, Bill Pope, I think, had a great idea, which is on display in this show, which is... I can't do that. I'm a fucking old man. I can't be like whipping around this heavy 35 millimeter camera like mm-hmm. and get locking in focus with my ACs and that's assisting camera for people. Who don't know. It's just like people who do the track, the focus and um, no. So what he did is they went out and they hired people who like shot, sports and like golf Mm. people whose Um, job is to that's awesome someone slams a tiny oh i just like spit on you no slams a tiny little ball that goes way off into the sky and they like just whip over to it and can can, like rack focus to it as quickly as possible because that's
1: all they do golf Photographers? photographers are yeah. like the hardest working <laughs> jesus Camera that's
0: a,
3: that is an yeah. insane talent <laughs> They yeah. also have real good eyes find the golf ball yeah. in the sky find the yeah. golf
1: ball and you're like every time it looks identical let's just cut to a blue sky with a white dot in <laughs> just it. add it in yeah, post yeah, baby yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> so you yeah just use the same shot just get it one time
1: <laughs> but that shows also such intelligence from the top down of like that's so brilliant as far as how you run an operation because when you get into the broader aspects of filmmaking, it really is just problem solving. You can attack it so many ways. Yeah. To know that they thought outside the box, so to speak, and were like, "Oh, you know who would be great at that? This subset yeah. of camera people." Yeah. That's
0: brilliant. Well, because yeah.
3: we're gonna have shit exploding and flying around, and it's like, right. yeah, catch it yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's great. Um, Pokemon. Between shit. this yeah. and Scott Pilgrim, like I can see. I can see why it's just like he's a big... God's in the details, and he yeah. respects it. And yeah.
1: Sean, you know Kieran Culkin. Have you said this in front of him? No. <laughs> about, about Scott <laughs> About Scott Pilgrim. Insert joke. Because no. I think the best shot in Scott Pilgrim is Scott at the door. Or yes. Kieran at the door with Scott yes. diving through the window. The That's best. probably the best and, moment. Yeah. Yeah.
3: My issues with Scott Pilgrim, I think, partially came from that I... Didn't feel like it did a good job of translating the source material. So you've read the comic, yeah, okay. and I and I liked it a lot. I wasn't yeah. like a super fan, but like it's it's real good, real fun read. And this movie wasn't what I wasn't the movie I wanted, and I was so mm. conflicted because I love Edgar Wright and I love Scott Pilgrim, and I was all ready, and then I went in and I was like, it felt like too much Edgar Wright and not enough Scott Pilgrim. Okay. For for my taste, yeah, like he put too much of himself into it, and I think that he was lost... the
1: action reflective of the action stuff in the comic, or did he really take license with mm, the visual effects?
3: No, I mean it was reflective. Like he turns into like he hits him, and he turns into coins and falls. To I'm the like floor. all that stuff is from the all comic, all that stuff right? is from the book. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, it was just not. I don't know. I don't know what I my problem is is like when I go back and read Scott Pilgrim, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I thought a, a lot this of the movie was gonna be.
1: A lot of the comments in our recent episode agree with you though. Yeah. That are like, you gotta read the comic man. Or all the characters are built out more and makes it more explicable. That's that, that
3: was a big part of it, was that you lived with all these characters a lot longer in the comic than you mm-hmm. did in the in the in the movie. And so the movie felt very um it felt like a hollow version of the you know, it's like when you See a great movie it's and then you creeping. try to explain it to someone, and then they're like, "That doesn't sound so great." And you're like, "No, you got to see it, though." Yeah, that's what the movie <laughs> version of this feels like, where it's like just him kind of like giving you all like the, it's what the Preacher TV series felt like to me too. Mm-hmm. Is great, great show, and it stood on its own. my my girlfriend never read Preacher, loved the TV show.
1: Okay, but I read and enjoyed the comic very much. Uh, the show is
3: cool in its own way, yet. but ultimately the show feels like no Abe's shaking it's his head. Got, it's, no Preacher. I, the problem is, Skip is it right to feels, the boys. It feels like Someone who read the book And then tried to explain You all the good stuff and, Yeah And yeah. you're left going like I, I guess that sounds cool But also it sounds Fucked up and weird And I don't really get it I, Like I yeah. really
0: enjoyed The season one of that Because I was like That th- This is some cool stuff yep. Happening But then it's just like Why is this
1: scene Happening
0: though yes. <laughs> Like I'm like The keep going towards the cool stuff. Yes.
1: Well, that's the other thing yes. about Hot Fuzz. It's so structurally sound, meaning there's nothing you can take away. Everything is load-bearing. And it's so a house fucking of cards. long. Yeah. And I
3: made a note. It was uh, 40 minutes until you get to the first murder. Mm-hmm. They, oh, yeah. I they noticed took 40 that there's minutes not- to set this movie's actual plot in motion
2: like lethal weapon
1: a gun would have been discharged much earlier in the film and that's one of the few ways in which it doesn't structurally resemble the movies that it's parodying i did i was like man i really thought shit started going down earlier yeah but no it's a lot of setup yeah getting
3: him there and 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 meeting everybody but but it can get away with it because it's a comedy first and it's hysterical. So you're yeah. not checking your watch going, no, everything's the fucks funny. the plot of this movie. You're just like, Yeah, give me the yeah. next scene, what weirdo is just gonna do next. Bring it on. Bring out. it on. Just, just bring like, it on oh, out. Just, I, so I, like because it's so great. it's I mean, man, that the first like fifteen minutes of this movie are every line is a joke. It's yeah, really impressive. It's plant it's, yeah. plan,
0: it's wordplay. Set payoff, set up payoff. Pay yep. Um a word on the um Something I found interesting uh, looking at the trivia online about this one uh, is I, I it gave me a moment to pause because I was like oh yeah and it's it's making light of a bunch of films that like the, your lethal weapons and stuff uh, glorify gun violence and that's something that's a huge issue today yes. and so it's like will this not like. Is this gonna? Is history not gonna remember this film that well? Because that would be a shame, mm. uh, in my opinion. And uh, when I actually looked at it, uh, not that it doesn't, because it definitely like some the of the final funniest bits out are. shootout is cool. That, yeah. yeah, everything's cool. Everything is. But uh, if you actually look at uh, like the body count and stuff like that, like for example, the coolest one, mm. the Sergeant Angel, uh, he shoots a lot, but uh, he yeah. only he only actually hits two people. Uh, the rest yep. of the time he's shooting their guns out of their hands yes. like he's so or yeah. like shooting a chandelier so it drops on right. them you know it's like that kind yeah. of stuff the step.
3: epilogue of the movie where everyone's getting booked yeah. and you start to realize oh he didn't kill the, anyone in that yeah, shootout no one's, it's literally the whole yeah. town getting arrested they all got arrested. Winged. Yeah. they all just got yeah. winged and went down
1: the and dead it, people are the ones murdered by the secret society right. basically right. only and yeah.
3: none of those deaths are gun deaths they're all like no, much they're way brutal, worse they're like a they church yeah, replaces your does.
1: head instantaneously. Oh, oh
0: god, yeah.
1: Which and wasn't there? I forget. I man, it's. I can't compile the details immediately well enough. But I re- remember having the thought watching it this time. That their deaths also... It's like the Godfather deaths, how he got shot in the eye because he saw too much. Yes. Their deaths are also... Obviously, the woman getting stabbed with shears because she was going to give away their <clears throat> secrets. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that you can match all of them up. For the most part. Everything yeah. is lore. There's nothing that's not connected to something else. Like I love that we've talked about his attention to detail in writing and structuring this story from the script perspective... And making the shots like support that in a meaningful way. He also takes a gimmick that is not that uncommon, which is scene transitions that are clever, like we zoomed into a sheet cake and we pull out of something that looks like cake, but it's a couch. And usually it's that where you're like, that thing looks like that thing, whatever. We're having fun. We're watching a movie, baby. All all of his are super meaningful. Yeah. And yeah, they're, uh, they're constantly. So he has to justify dozens of them Mm -hmm. where like something is ominous and you think blood splashed the screen, but it's the bottom of a glass of cranberry juice, yeah. which is meaningful because he's about to be feel like an outsider because he doesn't drink a pint of lager at yeah. the yeah. pub. Yeah,
0: uh, Oscar winner Olivia Colman yes. yeah. is in this film
1: yep. doing <laughs> some of the best comedy ever. Her recurring bit is just that she's loves sex she loves having sex she love would sex. have she would fuck anyone on the yeah. force at any time always love a little girl and girl. which is like i'm watching the office
3: a lot right she's a now police she's like woman. a meredith Be- palmer figure yeah, yeah. yeah. she's a po- she's a police officer being a woman has nothing to do with it oh yeah. it's helped me a few times yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, anyway up. i'll show you around the place or i could show you around i've been around one or two times and then do you notice in that scene that nick frost behind him goes like this <laughs> and looks like real embarrassed (laughs) when (laughs) she says she
0: locked everyone. Yeah. 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 There's something there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Uh, totally. By the way, her her name is Doris going off the police woman, police officer joke that they do. Uh, just another thing that we didn't catch on because we're not British, uh, that uh, Doris Thatcher. Doris is the name
1: of a prominent <laughs> British. slut. Uh, <laughs> uh, due
0: to the same issue about political correctness in the UK, female officers were often referred to as Doris, regardless of their name. Oh, that so it's like, like calling her Jane Doe or something. Yeah, yeah. something okay. like that, and you know. Obviously or if Thatcher. a guy had been called Bobby.
1: Yeah. 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 Also, the Andes. Oh. They make jokes about clients scaling the Andes, yes. like every way you can use the name Andy is is used. And then speaking of meticulousness on every level, the physical choreography of I think one of the top bits that everyone agrees, yeah. the second Andy dodging out and back in and out of frame. <laughs> oh, it's delightful in like this rhy- so perfectly funny. rhythmic way that it that cannot. By the way, that was uh, fully that was not
0: entirely edgar wright's no i know the actor had the
1: impulse like one more little (laughs) dip and it's It's so good what a good choice uh, (laughs) choices
0: of when to do comedy is such an important thing like there's ones when i after rewatching that really got me because it's like times there's a joke and then there's a lull and then you get another big joke that happens at like the crescendo of another scene but then there's always with edgar wright films like little throwaways that aren't like this is not a time I was expecting like a killer joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For example, again with Doris Thatcher, they're at before Messenger dies mm-hmm. at the cathedral. Uh, she points at uh, a pig that's has two <laughs> she, on a spit. It says, "This is me after a few this weekend," and everyone everyone around goes, ah, ha, ha, And it's just like, "Wow, you are just objectifying yourself. Why is that here? It's We're so having big. bingo night right now." Yeah. Yep. It's just like it's it's just a relentless like all right here's your character. There's so much We're just going keep on. Going with it. There's
1: so many levels of payoff. It's yeah. almost weird what you don't notice. I didn't notice till this watch through. Like I noticed the, that in a couple scenes they deflate the issue by he doesn't the chief doesn't give a shit he's just getting everyone ice cream but I didn't notice that every scene meticulously (laughs) all they do is eat ice cream at the police (laughs) is eat eat cake and ice cream and candy and shit to the point that he's
0: walking around with a bowl at one point it's like a preschool (laughs) it's amazing yeah <laughs> uh, I love the bit with Bill Bailey plays two different characters in the film, the actor
3: Bill Bailey. It's basically oh. there's two twins played by the same yeah. actor, and they're, and reading, they're reading two reading different books, books written by a dude under a pseudonym. Different names. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, also, they both wear the badge number 101 <laughs> because it's in palindrome. <laughs> it's like oh, right. It's yeah. like yeah. the ones are the twins, and yeah, the zero so is the like void. If you between think them. about it real stupid, like yeah. it,
1: the ones could be switched, and that's the difference between their, you know? Yeah. Like,
0: Even though that doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I did. I will say that of me, not even weakest, (laughs) but it's the least. There's no huge payoff to the twins. And it made me be like, there's an unusual number of twins who work in in this this movie. Because the Andes also (laughs) are not literally twins, but they look very similar. and They're both called Andy. And I was like, if I can criticize the movie at all, which I'm not even.
0: No twin payoff?
1: There was no big twin payoff, yes. But I give it all up for the deeply satisfying payoffs about the model village. And the fact that going into Mm. this movie now, understanding that it's very common in England, which is not a thing we do here, to have a scale (laughs) diorama of your village on the way to the village. Every time anyone mentions anything being like big or small or fuck off to the model village, like look for the wordplay around the model village. It's amazing. Mm. And of course the climactic payoff is them godzilla around, around the, the village. village? It's incredible. Yeah. And I also love, as Abe was pointing out, the British sensibility to not just gorily kill everyone. Yeah. Yet they are aping American movies that are super gory. Like yes. the villain has to die. Yes. So I just love that it called out my American sensibility because when that guy lands and the spire goes through his head, you're like, Timothy Dalton. That's the yeah. end of Timothy Dalton. Yeah. And And it's such an amazing meta reversal for them to be like, that wouldn't necessarily kill, kill you, you in real life. Yeah. Even though in American movies, people just are dead because yeah. they're yes. off frame, yeah. and you just out of nowhere goes. This really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I want
3: some ice cream.
2: Yeah. Uh, speaking of great, well, bits, he's going to the right place. <laughs> speaking
0: of great bits with Timothy Dalton, there's another one where every time he talks for the first like two thirds of the film, he is only pointing out that he's a murderer. Yes, he's only that's pretty on a the surface. Yes. Like, I'm a slasher of yeah. prices and yeah. stuff like that.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like well, it's so heavy-handed they did the double reversal where you're like, Oh, well that it's will not be true. Yeah, and right. then it is true. And then it is true. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, uh, by the way, uh, apparently Timothy Dalton is an absolute dream to work with. Like it seems he's like a lovely super, man, super, super yeah. professional does whatever. Yeah. Uh, he also thought of the bit of when they took the photo of him to, like have him smile that's like a thing they did before obviously to put the yeah. photo in PD yeah. he decided to oh I get what you're doing here would it be funny if I smile like my like thing oh great and Edgar Wright's like oh it's it's just, like that's a, what that's I wanted exactly and perfect I was like, I, I I couldn't justify it. I wanted to tell that you. He'll just be t- copying He's yourself. like, no, I get it. He's yeah. like, I'm just going to do it. So he's like uh. throwing out ideas, but like at the same time, very professional to work with. On the other hand, pr- apparently um, oh, there it? was. Who sucks? Well, I don't think they suck as <laughs> much as uh, they were getting bigger. Like, I don't Simon Pegg smacked everyone I, around all uh, the time. Well, actually, Nick <laughs> Frost, apparently Simon Pegg and Nick Frost had a big falling out. Uh, that's
1: perfect for, for this type of movie, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hopefully they had it when they were filming those scenes and yeah. then made it. And in then came together. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they
0: despised each other or anything like that. I think it's just there was one case about the the layby scene, one where they get beheaded. The actors, what? the layby—that's like where you pull off to the side, and this is a trap. Oh, yeah, region. where they the, the fake traffic yeah, accident. Yeah, in the yeah, stage. and it's yep. like it's basically a it's a scene between uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Apparently Simon Pegg was really. Uh, this sounds kind of like something that I could also be like. Ah, they're buddies, and he's giving him a hard time, but apparently they didn't talk. Or you're for like stressed hours out because it's shooting is difficult. Yeah, or something like that. But Simon Pegg was really like peeved by Nick Frost always asking PAs to get him stuff, uh-huh. and he was just like, "Go get it yourself," you know. And I don't know. I I just feel like that's a weird amount of drama.
3: To yeah, have it to it. never speak again. You know, he's it. like, "Go get it yourself." He's George like, oh, Clooney done.
1: and David O. Russell
3: fist-fought in the dirt exactly. in front of
0: the whole crowd. It's <laughs> all
1: very British of him. a, like a yep.
0: This this could be a miscommunication.
1: Well, it's like those Mich- fighting the Michelin Web interstitial sketches, where, yeah. where they're just shitting on each other. Yeah. That's not unforgivable. I'm I'm fine with all that. Yeah, um, I'm fine with um, all that. But I have, I do, and I never want to like force people to stay in any kind of pigeonhole. But I will admit that Nick Frost without Edgar Wright on his writing team, I'm sorry, Simon Pegg without Edgar Wright on yep. his writing team, and without Nick Frost by his side is significantly less funny to me. Yep. Like, oh, uh, they are the,
3: the three of them together. God, it's like a Laurel
1: and Hardy thing. There's some kind yep. of magic that it's a... You don't want to force anyone to do anything, but I'm like, just do movies it's together. Just,
3: uh, <laughs> right, right, right. I, mean, I had the same thought watching this. Where I was like, I get it. People grow apart. They did like a TV series, they, three movies. Simon
1: Pegg did that one with the alien where you're Paul, like, Nick Paul. Frost could have easily been in this. You just mm-hmm. didn't want him. You just, you're trying yep. to break up the group. Yep. No, no. It was just not Simon Pegg.
3: They were both in that. Oh, was Nick Frost in that? Yeah, right. There was just no Edgar Wright. There was just no. Was Edgar no Edgar Wright. Wright. Yeah. That but was the thing. Is the writing? It was wasn't. still writing, it was the, the writing and direction wasn't yeah. there. And then yeah. when one of them's not there, yeah, there's always something missing when the three of them. The three of them mm. just work really well together. I think it's like <laughs> yeah. you said. It's like yeah. they're just. It's like uh, the workaholics, I guess, are another good example of like those three guys tough together. To break out. They yeah. work really, really well off each other and together. And then like. When one of them goes off, it's like, ah, but
2: those other guys... I also think also, a lot you know,
3: of the Fuel
1: of the Always Sunny cast is the magic of... Man, you put any five improv comedians together and have them yell mean stuff at each other, 90% of the time I'm like, this sucks. They have this amazing ability to yell over each other in a very funny way that's like magic to that group. God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: was just thinking about Nick Frost being drunk in The World's End as one of the best drunk performances of all time. That's true, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Man, I also noticed on this watch... That because I tried to parse out the murder more carefully this yeah. time, everyone who dies, it's this amazing puzzle box because every death is set up in such a way that there's an easy conclusion to jump to how it could be a real murder. Yeah. But if you're a savvy viewer, you know of course it won't be a real murder. Someone will have been staging it. It'll be something. Yep. Then when you start to suspect that it's some kind of secret society, there is a second like way to interpret the death. That is that calls out very clearly, like is clearly structured for you to pick up of like, oh, they did it for this reason, like because that guy was there's, banging that woman and he's right. married.
3: There's three red it, herrings.
1: There's two layers two of red, red herrings herring and, and the reveal. Yep. Yeah. And then at the end they go, no, it's because his performance in the play was so bad. Yeah. Oh, I wrote. I, so there's always two red herrings before the reveal in ev- all five murders. That just must have been hard to sit and think of. So hard. <laughs> yeah. to
3: I wrote the ending. I wrote those down because I appreciated so much yeah. what it ended up being. And, and you're right. It's it's like, it's so hard to write one good mystery. <laughs> yeah. Like, to write three good mysteries where two of them are fake, and then the third one plays off the other two, but in... Again, the funniest possible way, right? Because, right. like, they had three possibilities, and the, the, the final reveal, it's like, he was a bad actor, she had an annoying laugh, he had too big of a house, he had bad grammar, yeah. and she wanted to move away. Like, those are the six reasons. And they she gave was it a the, good She was a good florist. Citizen. Yeah, yeah she was a good florist, and we didn't want to lose her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, in talking about the ending, there's two things that stuck out at me that made me go, yikes. Mm. Uh, gypsy Scum. <laughs> sure, I went, oh, all right, yeah, fair, yeah. fair, okay. Uh, and then, um, man, we want to make Sanford great again. I went, oh, oh boy, well, the k- the cabal of uh, angry, yeah. evil, uh, white people wants to make something great. Again. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Nailed Again. it. <laughs> Interesting. When Masta. it was better
0: for us. Right, when it yeah. was
3: better for us back then, yeah. before all the bad people showed yeah. up, all of the gypsies and all <laughs> yeah. of the... You know, and it's like, well, dude, yeah. it predates this stuff
1: coming to the fore of culture, so there's no way it's intentional. No, that's but what, that's also my point. <laughs> after it's, like the slew of black kids being shot just because they're in hoodies, yep. it's weird that there's a recurring theme of they like, call them the hoodies, there's these kids in hoodies and they call them hoodies and they want them out. And yep. what's revealed very clearly is, they're just kids hanging out like they had nothing to do with any of this. Those are just the kids in the town who yep. are there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, none of Weird it could have been He didn't mean that. No, none no, of it was in not the It's like zeitgeist a shout then. out to Trump. Yeah. No, it just in watching it now, you go like, oh man, things Weird. don't really change also. Yeah. Like... Because he, what he did mean was like, yeah, there's probably a bunch of like awful old people in charge of many small communities. What do old people are, think? Right. What old people think that the better, past is better, that now. everything should yeah. be back how it was, mm-hmm. that anyone new and different that comes in the town that's different from how it's they scary, are somehow yeah. scary and bad. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: the front and center of the satire. I mean, it's all said in like the oldest, most curmudgeon of the neighborhood of Watch is like, we got to do something about these clowns. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> well, it's, it's literal also, clowns. It's it's literal also, clowns. It's like it's, it's a oh Monty Python sketch. I
1: forgot. One of my favorite jokes because I think it's the closest the movie comes to breaking reality in the way Monty Python did continuously. This movie bends reality, but rarely breaks it. But there's one thing that absolutely is a cartoon joke, which is they keep referencing the human statue covered in silver (laughs) and how like we got to deal with him. And then at one of the final meetings, they're like, it's been dealt with. And then in the final chase, Simon (laughs) Pegg falls into a pit of skeletons (laughs) And the yeah. silver statue guy completely not rotted. Like, yeah. that's the reality-breaking yeah. part. Yeah. He's just there as a dead silver Still statue guy. Well, like he's, he's a robot. Posed yeah. in fear in like fear- he was killed. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> the mime. Uh, yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, there's reality. That yeah, That's the reality-breaking one. There's a few times that the reality bending near-breaking is, like, really fun for me. Like, when Broadbent... After he makes his choice of, like, he's trying to get Danny to come back to his side. It's in the bar. Join the dark side. Uh, And, like, he shoots out, like, the chandelier, I think I want to say. And so there's, like, sparks flying everywhere. It's a cool shot in slow motion. (laughs) And Jim Broadbent, like, growls like a tiger and leaves. I
2: actually
1: thought that shot was really effective. It made me find (laughs) him a guy. It was, like, okay. We're an action comedy, and now it's the action part where we actually want you to be at least invested enough to be, like, rooting for it, like a yep. sports match or something. So this guy who has just eaten cake and been, like, goofy mm-hmm. has to suddenly be legitimately menacing. Mm-hmm. And it worked for me. Yeah. I thought it I was actually menacing I think it was Shot. a
3: sound effect. I think it's definitely an effect, right? It's a tiger sound effect under that scene. Did you read it as a joke? Like that made you laugh.
1: It it
0: I thought it was cool.
3: Yeah, I thought it I thought they subtly added it just to for for exactly the reason you said. It gives like this drama, this like Ooh, I don't think Man. it's mutually
0: exclusive. I think it's sure. on the tail end of like a, a poignant moment, so yeah. that like it does have all like he's turning his back literally on his son. Yeah, uh, it's just one of those things that like they, in order to make the tone work, it can't be like a darker tone. It can't be like. He looks at the wall, looks back, sheds a single tear. He and can't walks go, What have away. I done? It's right. not that good. You kind know, of and it's yeah. like, because that would feel out of place. So it's yes. like, just, uh, I think it's the filmmakers knowing how their tone is achieved. And it's like, it is laughable to me because it's like Jim Broadbent. Yeah, yeah sure. But at the same time, it works. You're I was wrapped right. up in the moment, yeah. I'll
1: admit. Yep. And it also. Just, again, calls the level of detail of every aspect of filmmaking, audio, visual. Like, it reminds me of when we talked about Saving Private Ryan, our first episode of this podcast. Yes, it's true. Uh, how much we admired the lion roar being mixed into the shot of the tank coming over yeah. the ridge when you're mm. like this feels like Jurassic Park. Like I'm so fucking scared of this one yep. tank. Mm-hmm. Whereas you see other war movies where they just put a camera and shoot a battlefield. And you're like, you paid for this crazy shot with 50 tanks, but I don't feel it. Yeah. And that's of course why saving private Ryan is such a classic is it's the most viscerally impactful war movie released up to that point. Right. Everyone's like, Whoa, that felt
0: like war. <laughs> like yep. Whoa. Right. Yeah. And it's like how much context matters. Like this tank, you know, you put a, you put a tank against like a vulnerable situation, a tank is gonna Really fuck that shit up If you put like Four tanks You're like Oh it's even worse But then on the other side You also have four tanks It's it's harder to make that You have to show A wider shot It's yeah, not gonna look but As but Seeing <laughs> a bunch of people Who are yeah. super vulnerable And a tank would mess up Everyone's day <laughs> it's why the trans- You immediately are like That's the worst tank Of all time It's why like
3: The Transformers movies Aren't impressive No Because it's just like Ah giant robots Another like 50 of them Smashing into each other Against the buildings Like uh, Alright uh, A lot of animes like,
0: Have that problem too too. It's yeah. just like oh that hit seemed very impactful didn't seem it didn't to do seem much to do anything Kind of so. like a video game where that yeah. you go up to the boss and you just like shoot them in Borderlands there's like this thi- I was just playing this uh, game the New Borderlands mm-hmm. where it's like you just the boss is just like, yeah, you just keep shooting like thousands of bullets in this one spot. It's like yeah, I'm really <laughs> fucking this guy up. Just took out one, another 1% every, you know, yeah. 2 minutes.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of action movies where the action sequences these days are just a bunch of shards of glass and metal mm-hmm. in like a cool in the cool configuration, like yeah. even venomous that. They're like it's not glass shards; it's shards of goo randomly flying around the screen. Now, all right, but back to uh, fuzz. another highlight for yes. me. Uh,
3: same scene you brought up before when he falls in through the floor and they're paying mm-hmm. things off as he's running. Yeah, is, yeah. The, is is the great big bushy beard on this? <laughs> yeah, on the which pays off. The, yeah. He had a great big bushy beard, oh, which is yeah. probably yeah. He got a skeleton line,
1: beard, yeah. and he
3: still has a great big bushy beard. It's your
1: pre- Predecessor had yeah. he he's he got along all right, but he had one thing you don't have. Oh yeah? <laughs> great, What's big,
2: that?
3: Yeah, was she <laughs> yeah, and you see his
1: skeleton as well. That's some Simpsons level it's, payoff. Yes. Um I noticed from the ending this time, because I my problem with the Scott Pilgrim ending is the message seems to be uh he gets the girl and then literally, physically forgives and accepts a, man- a manifestation of all the assholeish parts about yep. himself. So I left confused. I was like, wait, was that the happy story of a guy who won his girlfriend back and stayed an asshole? Yes. Um, I think the film version is. It is. And what Edgar Wright's interest really is was all the action sequences he probably didn't even care that much about, like the yep. moral. Yep. But uh, applying that lens to Hot Fuzz, I think is another reason why it's so much better because it works on every level. Like the theme of uh, Simon Pegg. I forget. What's his name? Sergeant Angel. Sergeant Angel. Angel. Of course, of course. Or Sergeant Angle, if
3: you're dead. Or (laughs) Nicholas Angel. Nicholas Nicholas Angel.
1: Yeah. Um, It's simple, but it works perfectly. He just wants to be both recognized and successful, but also rigidly good. Yeah then he finds this group that are so rigidly good that he sees the faultiness of his ways, and it makes him get over his desire to be so successful and so amped up all the time. Yes. Whereas Nick Frost is a slob and is like, maybe I should get my act together a little, and now it's so revealing to me that it was a love story because it yep. is like two people who are a good match start dating, and this happens, realize you have some differences but I want, I like this relationship. I want it to work. And you change yep. a little and you meet in the, and middle. Meet in the middle. Yeah, you
3: meet the middle Yeah, no. And by the end, they're like the perfect couple. A good couple. couple. Yeah. To, the, to the point where even that last line where like he makes some joke and then, and then, uh, and then, and then uh, Simon Pegg makes like some like mildly misogynistic joke, and they're like, "Yeah, you yeah. get it now, buddy." The gang works, yeah. yeah the it's gang. like it's all it works. And then he gets hit in the head with the trash, which my other with the what I the, forget with that. the trash can. Oh, that's yeah. right. Which is the sec- oh, second time fuck. that happens. Yeah. yeah. And man, I'm a sucker for anything. I'm such a sucker for like dumb physical comedy. I love mm.
1: shit coming off frame and smacking Ooh. you dumbly
3: in the head. <laughs> yeah. Slowly or quickly, it
1: doesn't Especially matter. Especially if you underreact. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, like, that scene where they're all in the in body bags and Kate they can't Kate Blanchett tell who's by the, the way. Is so Yeah, good. Kate Blanchett. His ex-girlfriend yeah.
3: is Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah, Kate Blanchett. And then she and he goes, "Oh, who are you with, Dave?" And she goes, "No, I'm not with Dave." And then she goes, "I'm with Simon." And then the guy next to Dave turns around and goes, "Hey. Yeah, so good. Which I
0: think is it's some—that's somebody as well. Really? Santa Claus it's like is Ed Peter. Like Ed
1: Begley Jr. for no reason yeah, or something. Yeah. Santa
3: Claus who stabs him is Peter Jackson. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Peter yeah.
1: Jackson. That's a single Peter shot Jackson. of that's a knife s- going through a hand. Yep.
3: Yeah, and you see scraggly hair. Uh Which you like, Peter... is that George R. Martin? No, it's, it's the
2: other one. Peter J. Ja- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> George R. R.
3: Martin. He has no hair.
1: That's, that's true. That. Hmm. All right. Final thoughts. If you haven't seen this film, go see this film. Right. It's thousand
0: percent. It's a master class in uh editing. It's all the disciplines of filmmaking, cinematography, yep. editing, direction. It's really, really funny. For my money, one of the best funniest films of the last twenty years. Yeah.
1: Yep. To the degree that mm-hmm. we usually unpack moments more, yeah. but I'm like, how could you even choose? Yeah. Every moment is just everything yeah. is
3: great. Everything works. It every scene has has Every character in every scene has like a purpose and a payoff. Mm. Like, there's nothing that just like there are no points. I I, at the end, towards the end, I was like, man, this is a really long movie, and I started Mm. like catalog Mm. like, all right, well, what would you pull out? And it's like, Mm. there's not really much that you could pull out of this movie without losing major aspects of other things that pay off or or set up. Mm. Um, I mean, you could like collapse and condense maybe some of the opening, but like. But then you'd just be losing like. But there's jokes, also Edgar Wright
1: right, doing his thing. Like he, right, he's, those music montages are where he really leans into. Look yeah. at my visual iconography work, and that's what I love. Is you can watch it on every level and be delighted. Like. They didn't skimp anywhere. You can watch it and just appreciate the background jokes and the set design and art direction. You can watch it just thinking of it as a great script. You can watch it appreciating the acting. The direction is hitting. The editing is hitting. The sound Mm -hmm. design is hitting. There's... It's rare that a team is so competent across the board in
3: every dimension. Even down to filming the paperwork scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. which he made dynamic and interesting and and wanted to put in there. That was another thing I read was that he really very much, everyone they talked to when they were doing research, every cop they talked to was like, I don't know, it's... TV's bullshit. They never get the paperwork right. Mm -hmm. So they were like, we're going to put paperwork in this movie. And And I I understand
1: that also helps to not aggrandize. It has this very interesting feel of like, it's true. Yeah. You admire Angel's like good deeds and outlook. But you don't think of him like John McClane. You're not right. like, he's going to shoot anyone in the face, and that's cool. And he's not and, a
3: real kind. Cu- and then he goes home at the end of the day, and he's like, clean up, boys.
1: No, they show him how to do <laughs> no, he's a mountain like, of paperwork. I love
3: it. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: he's In like fact, the, the musical choice, choice they use is a track called Bell Bottoms by uh, John Spencer Blues Explosion, which was, he's used it in yep. Baby Driver as well, which is this really gritty punk band. It's like, bam, 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 It's like yeah, trying to paperwork. build up, like, this paperwork is bad. It's fucking awesome. Well, like, I mean,
3: down to the scene where he's like, uh, I don't have a, a, where he's like, oh, that's going to be a lot of paperwork. And my pen's running out. And he's like, oh, I've got two. And like, yeah, like it's like that gets him as jazzed as like going into battle. And I think
1: that's weirdly <laughs> prescient too now because like the police we actually need on the force would be police who are in it. To help the community, yeah. and more excited to fill out paperwork if it's going to have a positive impact than in it because they like cop movies. That's exactly. scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. By
0: the way, Rob, uh, Bob, the guy who was I just found it. Uh, Joe Cornish, the director. Oh, Bob, the guy in the block. clean suit. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's Joe Cornish. Yeah. It's just, oh, so that's it's Peter Jackson, awesome. awesome. Joe Cornish. Yeah. Right? Just like get, let's get a bunch of. Like directors that I'm a fan of, and like apparently we're all friends God, or whatever. Yeah. And he solves
1: the case mm. while he's there for that uh, one, scene. yeah, for that one he
0: scene. That yeah. And Kate Blanchett's there, <laughs> and uh, Edgar Wright even has a cameo of himself as a stel- shelf stacker at one point. Uh, oh, in the, oh, the supermarket, store? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the Jim Broadbent didn't like he just wanted to do the movie, like he just he seeked out. Uh, oh, he didn't audition Edgar and they didn't Wright. see him. The role was not
1: written. How did he find this? Oh, the role didn't even exist. Oh, was, he was it going like, to be created? Can that I be that role in for, your movie? Which is that's so awesome. that
0: must have been so early in the writing process, yeah. or they must have broke down all the walls because he's the key.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean the the final villain was going to be? I
0: think it must have been a conversation fairly key early boy. on where he's just like Jim Broadbent will do a
1: movie with us. And then they're like, well, we already well, do this thing where we have we, two red herrings, than the
3: truth. So yeah. how about two bad guys? So who yeah. knows?
0: But yeah, it's, it's insanity. Well, this, the two bad guys this thing power in this.
3: was like... It works. It works for the types of movies that totally. they're nodding to. Also, I mean, yeah, Bill Shaft. Knight. You know, had two bad guys. Yeah, and, the, yeah, where
1: you dispatch the guy, and there's no better way to make the audience feel like they got their money's worth than to go surprise. That wasn't even the climactic action sequence. One more. Here we go. Yep. Yeah. And
3: then the and then this movie tops it all off with like, oh right, and remember that bomb? We're blowing it up because like, there's yeah. no point. That whole, that's maybe my one nitpick. It's the like, mine There's no barn. point to blowing up the entire police station. No one dies. No one gets well, hurt.
1: because like, they're it's like, just bad boys. Yeah. They're like, how could the whole movie that's this kind of movie go by in a building it's yeah. about like, that's doesn't kind of yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You gotta, you gotta blow you gotta up gotta blow it
1: up.
0: Shit. Yep. Lethal Weapon, you gotta blow that you gotta shit gotta up. Gotta blow it up. Man, the star power in this is insane. I always forget, you know, because we casually mentioned the Timothy Dalton, but like Bill Nye's in the this Nye's film, in this, yeah. Steve Coogan's in this mm-hmm. film, yep. Yep. obviously Olivia Coleman, but Martin Freeman is in this yep. film. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like let's bring out all the like famous British actors now. Yeah, I'm I'm very surprised. Like David Tennant isn't
1: in this film. No, Ian McCallan. Yeah. Yeah, Are you excited for his next movie? I don't know anything about it. I it's a psychological horror film, yeah. apparently. Yeah, apparently. Uh, someone saw Get Out. <laughs> uh, Somebody saw Get out. Somebody's somebody's like out. that's the new movement that's in film, new, which yeah. I think it is. But like, uh, more, more
3: it doesn't film. excite me because there's no comedy in that, and I really want him to make Again, funny I movies. I, you I can't know. force anyone to no, do whatever they want. I don't know. want
1: to artistically once they have the clout, but. I agree a thousand percent. Yep. <laughs> make more comedies, Edgar great.
3: Yeah, just yeah. everyone yeah. or like every other movie, make a really funny movie yeah. then take a couple years off, make whatever yeah. s- other stuff you want to try but like go mm. back to the, to to what you really, I mean, you know, you, you don't, it's it's weird to come from like Spaced and Shaun of the Dead and this movie and even World's End which has a lot of funny yeah. beats um, and then be like, nah, I'm done with that. <laughs> Here's, yeah, Here's my psychological horror film. Yeah, and Driver. And well, I'm Driver. gonna look it up right after this. Yeah, but, uh, I'm still gonna watch everyone it. Everyone should watch this movie. He's yeah, still, he's still this
1: great. one, yes, yes, definitely. For sure, Hot Fuzz. And Sean, thank you again for joining. Thanks for, for having for me. For picking yeah. this movie. Thank you. This
2: is the a
0: good light movie. To re research. I watch this like every year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's a great so movie. it's like easy to research.
3: Yep.
1: Yeah, uh, you're a big wheel over at the old Cracker Factory, which is what I call Bunny Ears. <laughs> That's right. Tell us a little about what you're doing, what you're <laughs> excited about, where people can find you.
3: Uh, people can find Bunny Ears uh, at bunnyears.com, mm. uh, Bunny Ears web and on uh, Twitter, and Bunny Ears podcast on Instagram. We've got podcasts galore. And, right, we're, we're most excited about, uh, as of next week, which is probably when this is around, Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Or by the time this is around, you should (laughs) check out Rewind Rethink, which is a new YouTube series that uh, we're launching with former Cracked Writer Lydia Bug. Uh, yeah. Every, cool. every week she, uh, talks about something that you might fondly remember from your childhood and proceeds to, uh, find the one most disturbing aspect of it and explain <laughs> and it to you. Zoom in on it. Yeah. So like she, uh, her first one, she does, um, rainbow bright and she talks about how ultimately in rewatching the origin of rainbow bright, she realizes that rainbow bright is a horrible dictator who took over a land and enslaved oh, everybody in like happy Willy Wonka style. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. She she does uh. some real good stuff. A lot of fun stuff. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, recommend people check that out and then all the other Bunny Ears shit. And yeah. no one wants to follow me personally. It's just, oh, okay. it's just yeah, me okay. screaming about Trump yeah. every day. it's
1: So, play to Jam and Earl. Go to bunnyears.com. Play Toe Jam and
3: Earl back in the groove. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Sure. We also made Why not? a game.
1: Well, I, I love the original it's, and the remaster. Yeah. I love that game. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Every Have you done
3: version. any of the the four player like co op stuff yet? All the, the online. stuff? I
1: only got two up to two people. I mm. need to do it with four people. That That's seems fun. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. All right, dude. People. Thank you so much. For Thank you. Me. Yeah. Till next time. Till next time. Mm. Say goodnight, A.B. Goodnight. Good night. <laughs> Excellence. <laughs>